I want to share a few words of inspiration with you from this week's Torah portion and also tie it in a little bit to the unique time of the Jewish calendar that we're standing in right now. We are currently in the three weeks, which is three weeks of mourning for the destruction of the, temp of the temple, the first and second temple, which took place on the same day, on the day of Tisha B'Av which is the ninth day of the month of Av. So for three weeks leading up to Tisha B'Av, we engage in mourning. We don't listen to music. Uh, we don't cut our hair. And then on the last nine days, starting from this Shabbos, this Shabbos is Rosh Chodesh Av, the, the new moon, the new month of the month of Av, the Hebrew month of Av. And for the next nine days after Shabbos, we don't eat meat. We don't wash our clothes. We don't take hot showers other than on Shabbos, before Shabbos. And um, the, these days are days of intense mourning. And the question that I have is, why do we call this month of mourning Av? Av means father in Hebrew. Why are we observing uh, a time of mourning? And the day of Tisha B'Av, not only were the first two temples destroyed, but it's a day of calamity and destruction and suffering for the Jewish people throughout all of time, starting from the day when the spies came back to Moses in the desert and gave a bad report about the land of Israel. From that day on, it was reserved as a day of tears and suffering. So not only were the first two temples destroyed, the Bar Chachba uh, followers were massacred by the Romans on that day. Additionally, the first crusade officially commenced on August 15th, 10,096, which took place in the month of Av. The Jews were expelled from England on July 18th, 1290, which also was the 9th of Av. The Jews were expelled from France about 15 years later on July 22nd, 1306, which was on the 10th of Av. The Jews were officially expelled from Spain in 1492 on Tisha B'Av. World War I began officially when Germany entered, declared war on against Russia, which took place on the 9th of Av in 1914. And on 1941, the SS commander Heinrich Himmler received formal approval from the Nazi party for his final solution to commit genocide against the Jewish people. And that took place in 1941 on the 9th of Av. The Warsaw Ghetto was up, was, was liquidated on the 9th of Av. And most recently, the, uh, the 8,000 Jews who lived in Gush Katif in Gaza were expelled by the state of Israel from Gaza, giving Gaza completely over to the Palestinians, and that took place on the 9th of Avon in uh, 2005. So a lot of stuff going on on this day. So this is a tense morning, time of intense morning. So why then do we call the month Av? And furthermore, to make the question stronger, the Magad of Mezrich, the disciple and successor of the Baal Shem Tov, the second generation of the Hasidic movement, says that this time period, the three weeks, is the best time of the year to connect to God and spirituality. How can that be? How can we connect to God through this in this time of suffering? So in this week's Torah portion, the 
second parsha that we're going to read this week. It's called Parshas Masai, and it recounts the 42 journeys that the Jewish people went through in the desert on our way from Egypt into the land of Israel. And Rashi, famous commentator, asks, why do we recount all 42 journeys? Now, we're about to enter into the land of Israel. Moses is saying goodbye to the Jewish people, and he begins by recounting, Torah recounts, all these 42 journeys that we went on. So Rashi explains why we are talking about these journeys. And Rashi says that it's comparable to a king whose son was sick. And the king had to take his son on a journey to be healed. And they traveled for many days and finally arrived at their destination and the prince was healed. And on the way back home, the king told to his son in each place that they stopped along the way. He said, oh, you see that place? You were too sick at the time, but you don't remember. But over there, that's the place where we were cold. And you see that place over there? That's where we slept. And that place over there, that's where your head hurt you. And Rashi says this is the reason why Moshe is recounting the journeys because we're about to enter the land of Israel and Hashem is telling over to us, you see all these places that we went on our journey that was all part of our journey to the land of Israel. And the suffering we went through was part of that journey along the way. But there's a major problem with this metaphor that Rashi brings. If you think about it, there's something completely unnecessary that does nothing to enhance the story. Why does Rashi say the metaphor of a king and a son who got sick? In several other places in the Torah, Rashi says a similar story of a father who's carrying his son. And that describes God carrying the Jewish people in the time in the desert. Why suddenly does he say a king and his son? It's unnecessary for the story. Just say a father whose son got sick. The father took this kid on a journey to be healed. Why does Rashi say it's a king specifically? So I think the simple explanation, and we'll go deeper in a few moments, simple explanation is that the king can afford to hire doctors from all over the world to bring medicines and herbs from any place that he needs to. You see from the fact that it's a king that it wasn't a matter of bringing a certain doctor or a certain medicine. It's that the prince had to arrive at a certain destination. And that perhaps part of the journey itself was part of his healing process. And so what, what we learn from this is that the journey through the desert was necessary. That it was the purpose of the journey was to arrive at the land of Israel. But we needed to go through all those stops along the way in order to get healed, in order to reach our spiritual perfection that was necessary in order to enter into the land of Israel. But I think we can say something a little bit deeper. You see, the time that the Jews spent in the desert is a paradigm for the future of Jewish history. That each destination, the Jews traveled, they encamped, they got up, they moved to another location, they camped, they moved to another location, never knowing when they would have to get up and move. Well, this is, this is really the history of the Jewish people, that throughout our, our history, we traveled and traveled and traveled from one location to another. And in fact, that throughout Jewish history, we traveled for an average of every a, a dispulsion, an expulsion from a country took place throughout Jewish history, an average of almost every 20 years. Every 20 years, a Jew was, Jews were expelled from a different nation. And although things have been fairly quiet 
please let that continue that way for the past 80 years since the Holocaust. We have to remember that just 80 years ago, Jewish people were massacred throughout the world. And in 1948, Jews were kicked out of every Arab country in response to the formation of the state of Israel. So there's a saying that when Jews get too comfortable in history, we have to know that our time in that country may be numbered. Because throughout time, whether it was the Jews in Spain who lived in a golden age of freedom and tolerance, or the Jews in Germany who had the most freedom of any country in Europe at the time, that it's just a matter of time before the nation may turn on us. And many people are looking at the writing on the wall right now and seeing that perhaps our time even in America may be limited because there's anti-Semitism on the rise everywhere. 19, 20, 2019 was recorded more anti-Semitic acts in America than any time in the past several decades. And just in, over the coronavirus times, there were thousands and thousands of anti-Semitic incidences and posts that took place on, on social media, including the hashtag Hitler was right, which was trending on Twitter with thousands of likes. So I always tell my kids that a Jew has to always have an up-to-date passport because we never know when we're going to have to move. But what's the purpose of all this moving? Why did the Jews have to travel to the desert? And why have we had to travel from country to country throughout time? So the Kabbalists explain that the reason we traveled in the desert and the reason we have to travel nowadays is because there are sparks of spirituality, sparks of holiness, sparks of godliness that are hidden throughout the mundane material world, whether it's in matter, in stuff, in a food or in experiences or in people, there's sparks of spirituality everywhere. And the job of the Jewish people is to go and find those sparks and uplift them and connect them to God. How do we do that? So we do that by utilizing the experience in the world for the purpose of connection to God through mitzvahs. Mitzvahs, for the most part, require taking mundane things like food, animals, objects, and utilizing them in a means of connecting to God. So when we take a certain food and we make a blessing and we eat it, if the food is kosher, we have the ability to uplift the sparks of spirituality in that food by saying thankful, by experiencing the spirituality, the pleasure, and the good taste in that food. So too with experiences through pleasures that exist in the world, through music, through sports, through connection to people, relationships. Or even through individuals, the Talmud says that the purpose of the Jews going into exile was to bring back the Jewish souls that were born into non-Jewish bodies, to bring back converts to the Jewish people, to take the positive experiences and habits and tastes and foods and sounds and, and lifestyles that exist within the nations of the world and to use those in the service of God. There are positive things to be learned in every nation. The Jews are essentially an international people who have been everywhere, done everything. And we bring back to the service of God all the positive things that exist amongst all the nations of the world, amongst all the cultures, including all the foods and the, and, and the good, uh, good qualities, such as the fact that German Jews are, are famous for being punctual, right? Um, and and uh, the... Um, the, the Hungarian Jews are known to be passionate, and so on and so forth, right? There are positive things to be learned in every 
place that we go. So the the Orachayim Akadosh, a great Kabbalist from Morocco, explains that had the Jews been on a high spiritual level, we would have when we built the temple, the sparks of holiness around the world would have come to us and we would have been able to uplift them in the temple. And that's why nations, all the nations of the world used to come to Jerusalem to, to pray to God and to serve God and to offer sacrifices. But as we fell from our high spiritual level, the Orchim says we had to be exiled from the land of Israel to go out into the world to find those sparks, to find those pieces of holiness and to bring them back just as the Jews did in their journey in the desert. That as soon as we finish bringing up the sparks and uplifting all the sparks in that place, then we're exiled and we have to move on to another destination. So we have to know that wherever we find ourselves in, in life, it's not an accident. We're there for a reason, specifically connect to something spiritual in that place. So it's no coincidence that we travel and go on vacation during this time of year. Because this is a time when we have a higher ability to connect the spirituality that's hidden in the world, that's in exile in the world. So as you go on vacation, don't just relax and have fun, but don't forget to do mitzvahs in that place. The Baal Shem Tov used to tell his students that if you ever found yourself lost in the wilderness, in the woods, if you ever find yourself missing the bus, lost, stuck in traffic, end up making a wrong turn and end up in a place that's foreign to you that you never meant to go to, realize that there's no coincidence. It's not an accident. Perhaps from the beginning of time, there are sparks of holiness that are waiting in that place for you, for your soul to come to that place and to do a mitzvah, to make a blessing, to say a prayer, to give charity, to learn Torah in that place, to literally reconnect to the latent spirituality that's hiding underneath the mundane matter of all the places in the world. So there are no coincidences. So what does that have to do with this time period of the year? Why specifically is now a time to connect to God in a, new, a unique way? So the student, the primary student of the Baal Shem Tov, the Magad of Mezrich, second generation leader of the Hasidic movement says as follows, that in this time of year, God is in exile. You see, if you want to connect to the king when he's in his palace, it's very hard. You have to fill out papers and documents. You have to wait online. You have to wait weeks. Then you have to go past this whole entourage. And if you're lucky, you might get a few minute audience with the king. But when the king is in exile from his palace, when he's traveling on the way, dressed in disguise like a commoner, so you have the ability, if you can notice him, if you can recognize him, you have the ability to get up close face to face, even to invite him into your, his, into your home to give him refuge. You have the ability to connect directly with the king in a much more informal and a much deeper, more intimate way. That's what's happening during this time period because God is in exile. And in fact, the Talmud says that wherever the Jewish people go into exile, God goes with them. Because really, God is the one in exile. The Shechina Begalusa, the divine presence, is hidden in our in the world. And it's our job to find him. That's the idea of exile. And we're really going in exile after him. He's not coming with us. We're going with him. Perhaps that's the meaning that Rashi is trying to tell us. That why is it a metaphor of a king whose son gets sick? who travels on the way, on a long journey to get the king, the prince healed. So perhaps that's our story. You see, our souls came into this world because we're lacking something. We have to fix ourselves. We have to get healed spiritually. But we should know that throughout the trials and tribulations of our journey and all the destinations that we go in our life, we have to know the king is with us. He's literally carrying us on our shoulders. We're not alone. God is with us. 
And Baal Shem Tov says that these 42 journeys of the Jewish people in the, des in the desert correspond to each of our lives, that we go through 42 distinct journeys in our own lives. And I don't know which stage I'm at in my life. I've been a lot of places. I've been on a lot of destinations, lived in a lot of places, been through a lot of stuff. I don't know where you are on your life, but know that we are on a journey to be healed. There is a destination, but the healing comes through the journey. We have to be in these different places that we go, we have to go through the suffering and the trials and challenges that we've been through in order to get to our destination. It's all part of our journey to be healed, but the king is with us. We're not alone. And it's interesting to note that the 21 days of mourning, these three weeks, correspond also to the 21 days of holidays that exist throughout the Jewish year. If you put those together, you get 42 days because the 42 journeys of our life are made up of sad times and they're made up of happy times. But we have to know that it's all part of that same journey of our life to come to the land of Israel, to come closer to the king, but recognize that he's with us all along. And now we can also understand why this time period is called the month of Av, the month of Father, because we have to know that the suffering we go through in life it's not a punishment from a king who stands above us and makes decrees, but we have to know that that king is also our father. And as the Torah says, that just like a father has to sometimes punish his son in order to teach his son, in order to educate his son, and help his son to grow up, to be the best person he can be, to bring out his potential, so too Hashem punishes us. It's not an angry king who's separate from us, it's a father who's with us, who wants nothing more than to have a relationship with us. And that's why we call Hashem Avinu Malkeinu, our father, our king. Hashem is a king because he can do anything. He can help us with whatever we need. But we have to also know he's our father. He wants to help us. He wants to give us everything. And there is nothing in our life that's an accident. There's nothing in our life which is cruel or suffering or meant to make us to torture us, it's all for our benefit. And that's why the Talmud says, whenever you go through something hard, you should accept it with love and say, I know this is for my good. Help me to learn and to rectify whatever I need to fix in my life, to learn from the challenges, to be a better person, to be the best you that you can be. So we should be blessed during this time period to connect to our true selves, to connect to each other and to recognize that God is with us and wants nothing more than to have a relationship with us. All we have to do is to look at the opportunities in our journeys, in our travels, in our trials and tribulations and our suffering. The King, our Father, is with us. All we have to do is reach out and to recognize that He's there in exile with us in our suffering. Have a beautiful Shabbos and a meaningful nine days.